Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Here with you on a Sunday evening, Monday morning. Thanks for joining us here at Super Talk Mississippi. I just saw your tweet. Uh, at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. Want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churnin' Spoon Ice Cream. I saw a funny tweet today about Strange Brew. It said, when my stimulus check comes in, I'm going to go ask for their strangest brew. Ooh. I like that. That money <laughs> hit your account yet? Uh, it has not. At least not as so of. It's be coming in the next couple of days. As of like... I, mean, I had somebody get mad today, at me. as of late Saturday, it was not there. I had somebody get mad at me on Twitter because I tweet, I quote tweeted the uh, that the announcement that it was happening with my my absolute favorite, one of my favorite things in the world is the coach from North Carolina A and T to tell him to bring me my money. <laughs> I love that so much, and so he was just like, "Your children and grandchildren will be paying for like like I'm not paying for stuff. To, what are we talking about here?" By the time I have grandchildren, man, the world may not exist. Just, just, just enjoy your enjoy your stimulus check. Enjoy your money. God, why? But Strange Brew Coffee House is great. It's fantastic. The question here is: yeah. Is anybody giving it back? You know, oh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think anybody's. Uh, I, I think even the most ardent Trump supporters like I'll take the check. You know, <laughs> this is the way it's got to be. You need the money. Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew Coffee House. Churning spoon ice. I need to get over churns, but the weather is fantastic this weekend. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed some Bulldog baseball. Look at the crowds were really, really good uh, at Duty Noble Field, and uh, hopefully, you know, you support your local uh, businesses like Strange Brew Coffee House. Hopefully, you were wearing some brand new maroon and white gear. From College Corner, starting, you know, now. I mean, it's baseball season. It's in full effect. It's time to start getting uh, back up to Duty Noble Field. The crowds are going to be huge starting next weekend when Arkansas comes to town. I'm sorry, I guess it is next weekend, technically. I I always always trip up on that, you know, because there's still a weekend to come. But I feel like we're still in the weekend while we're talking. So if I say this weekend, do I mean just, you know, the remaining four hours in the day? What do I mean, Joel? Well... Considering the majority of our listeners will be listening on Monday, yeah, yeah, I feel like you can say this weekend. So it's next weekend. Oh, I thought you were talking about the talking about the Arkansas series. Oh, okay, that's two yes, weekends. Yes, away. that's that's next weekend. That's weekend after next, maybe. Yes, and we're gonna go. We with could that. just give dates, and then that would that would officially nail it down. March twenty. See now you make me do math. I, I know what it is. Twenty sixth to the twenty eighth. Yes, because March twenty sixth is my wife's birthday. So I knew you need to know I that, knew that there was March a baseball 24th game. Twenty fourth is mine. I didn't know that. I didn't know that about us. Well, looky there. I saw. By the way, I, I, let's get to the sponsor. I got a bone to pick with you in just a minute. With me? Yeah. Oh goodness. So, College Corner though for baseball, M over S gear. They've got plenty of it. Two locations to serve you in Jackson. They've also got CollegeCornerStore.com where you can shop online to get great stuff. If you are in Starkville. 
The place to be is going to be Humble Taco, Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant, but just so much more than just Mexican food. It's not your typical Mexican food. It's Mexican food with Mississippi roots. They've got all sorts of great stuff up and down the menu, options for everybody in the whole family, a great variety of tacos, great drink specials, drinks that you've never heard of, stuff. I mean, I've just never ranch water. Listen, I don't know what I don't know what to make of this, but it sounds good. Tequila, honey, fresh lime, and something called Topo Chico. Do you know what Topo Chico is? I do not. Why don't you look that up for us right now? How do you spell it? Topo, T-O-P-O. Okay. And I, if you can't spell Chico, I don't know what to tell I, you. I got you. I mean, Scott Hall should have... Topo Chico... Is what? Is a brand of sparkling mineral water. Okay, there you go. I've never heard of a drink like that, though. So they got a lot of unique stuff, not just on the menu for food, but on the menu for drinks. Great wine list, lots of beers, including five Mississippi uh, brews. You just can't go wrong. There's so many great Mississippi products on this menu. Ranch water is a cocktail made with tequila, lime juice, and Topo Chico over ice, a popular drink in Texas. It says, courtesy of uh, Wikipedia, which your English teacher in high school will say is not an actual source. But we, need sometimes, ask, we need to ask sometimes Tyler Horka if right. he's ever had a ranch water. We'll find that out later today. Uh, we'll, we'll report back tomorrow on the podcast. So, Humble Taco, Mississippi uh, Roots, Mexican Fair, great stuff there. And I'm really pl- pleased that they are a sponsor here on the podcast. Yeah, I got a little bone to pick with you. So okay. what you did. This is what you did. I'll take the brunt of your fury, whatever it is. Let's go. You, you tweeted, or sorry, you put on Facebook today, that today was the anniversary of the day you asked your wife to marry you. Yes, I did. I, it's, it's overkill, Joel. You're making the rest of us look bad. Well, it means a lot to I me, had to Brian. Th- I had to think and I had to go look up the date I asked so I, I didn't look like a fool. I don't have to do that because it stares me in the face every day because one of my uh, anniversary gifts in the past to my wife, uh-huh. which I actually had to update this past Christmas because we had another kid, Right. Uh, it is a thing that's like the story of the Coleman's like and it has like when we met, it has the date, it has yeah, like the date yeah. we got engaged, the date uh-huh. of our first date. That's what I'm talking date. about. So I see these dates You're every day. Us. You're killing the rest of us out here, Joel. And it's You're also too the good th- of a husband. And to tie it into the fact that uh, this is a Mississippi State podcast, not a, yeah. a Joel Coleman biography podcast. I would listen to that. Well, I mean, it'd be interesting. I'm here to tell yeah. you. But it is also the 13 year anniversary of the day the tornado ripped through the Georgia Dome. That's correct. With MSU and Alabama going on. So, yeah. 13-year anniversary of a couple of momentous occasions. But, yeah, the engagement is a little more near and dear to my heart. I'm just saying, not everybody is. It can be, you know, as good as you, and, and you're making it tough on us. Not good, Brian. Not just, good. I'm just saying. I'm no, just... not one. is good. I just do the best with what I got. All right. All right, Mississippi State Baseball did the best. With what it's got, because... <laughs> and they got a lot. They got quite a bit working for them this weekend. I thought this weekend's really summed up Mississippi State baseball, what it is in the first month of the season. Dominant pitching, uh, timely hitting, a walk-off win, and the return, full-bore return of Will Bedner. That, to me, I mean, you got everything. If you're a Mississippi State fan and you paid for three games, you got everything you wanted to see. Couple of easy wins and a tremendous, exciting comeback on Saturday. State takes the series as Joel Coleman predicted uh, with the sweep. Not sure he would have predicted it the way it was all going to play out. Christian McLeod looked like Christian McLeod. Uh, Eleven strikeouts, I think, is is the I answer. I think that's right. Uh, and then on Saturday, Eric Sarantola for the first time looked like he had some command. Looked like he had some control. Gave a, a good start to Mississippi State. Um, 
looked like he was going to lose a one nothing game where State was going to get one hit. But then, of course, in the uh, the bottom of the ninth, the walk-off dogs do it again uh, behind uh, Logan Tanner in a three, <laughs> just a blast, a blast into the outfield. <laughs> I, you know, I was watching from home this week, and I mean, as soon as that ball's off his bat, I was like, that's not a sack fly. I'll go ahead and tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> this game is over. And uh, then on Sunday, again, Fristo, not as obviously you can't ask for what he did last week, but again, a solid start. And then Will Bedner just on cruise control all weekend, and Landon Sims finishes it out. What's the stat for Sims now? Uh, I tweeted now. I think it's thirty strikeouts and eleven and two thirds. Okay, so that's thirty-five outs. So thirty-five. He's gotten thirty-five outs. Now it's not batters, but thirty-five outs. Thirty of them are by strikeout. That is insanity at its absolute <laughs> peak. All right. Somebody, if Abner Doubleday saw that, he might not invent the game. He might just be like, <laughs> "That's no, too hard. No, it's need too to do hard." It. Obviously, when they get to this this guy, the game is ruined. Let's not do it. Let's stick to basketball. I mean, I, I thought State, you know, you saw Josh Hatcher had a few hits this weekend to get the average up. Roddy Jordan had a couple of hits. DeBrule had some big hits. Tanner Allen got a hit in every game. He's, I think he's got a 13-game hitting streak now. I thought really had the biggest hit of the weekend because he let it with leading off the he, night. Him leading off the night. You know that single. reminded me of. I mean, it was just like the 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 atmosphere in the ballpark as soon as Tanner Allen got that single on Saturday was, was like, yeah, they're, they're going to win. It reminded me of Mangum's double in Omaha. Now, obviously, not the same stakes. Yeah, but when he let off the game or they let off the inning with the double, I immediately was like, eh, they're going to win. Yeah, and it was the same thing here. As soon as Tanner Allen hits the ball, and I think was it Logan Tanner said that in in post game that. As soon as T.A. hit it, I, I said, that's it. It's over. Yeah, he, he had mentioned that he told Hancock, let's end it here kind of thing, and lo and behold, they did. Yeah. And so, you know, Luke Hancock, again, good weekend. I mean, it's fair to have concerns about State's hitting. It's fair to have those. But the timeliness of it is is not a concern. They, they, they get the hits when they need to. Yeah, and I mean – I mean, is there some concern? Because I mean, look, against Tulane's top pitcher, your your offense didn't hit well. Against Kent State's top pitcher, who they threw on Saturday that weekend, mm-hmm. you didn't hit well. Um, and then you get this guy, Justin. I think he's pronounced Mice on Saturday, and he, man, I, that was as impressive of a pitching performance against Mississippi State as as I can remember. As I can remember, it, it, yeah. I mean, it was. I'm trying to think. I mean, I've seen plenty of them, but, obviously, but I mean, that he, was a good one. He was a guy that coming into the game, you look at his statistics, they were nothing impressive. But you, you watch him over the course of that game, and you for sure see some potential. I mean, he he was throwing, you know, low 90s. I think I saw him hit 93. 90, he was in 94 a couple, a couple times on the Yeah, board. I mean, it's not watch like you had a – it's not like you had a, a low-end – arm out there soft tossing 84 up there and you couldn't hit. I mean this was a dude that had some decent decent maybe underselling a little bit he had some good stuff and it was a day where Mississippi State was just grounding ground out after ground out get they were on top of everything and everything they hit was at somebody and uh you're gonna have those days as an offense but like you said and at the end of the day Mississippi State's offense continues to be timely and and they win the game they, they get the sweep Look, this isn't going to be a team that's an offensive juggernaut, I don't think. I don't think we ever expected it to be. Right. No, you're right. It, it is a team that, 
yeah, I mean, that, that, there's some pop through there. Cam James can pop you one over the wall. Logan Tanner showed you a couple times this weekend. He can pop you one over the wall, and there's several right. other guys that can too. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be fantastic offensively. No. that That's what I continue to come back to, is all they have to do is scrape together. I mean, you really do feel like, even when SEC play gets here, if you get four runs, you're, you're good. You're, you're golden. It, feel, it feel, sort of feels like this to me. They're doing right now what the 2018, a 2018 football team couldn't do. I mean, that team, what, what, what's the stat if they had scored, I think, 27 points in every game they played or 28 yeah, points? 27, 28. They would have been undefeated. <laughs> and that's not a lot of points for college football. This, this team is sort of similar. They're, they're going to win. If, they ever, if they're ever five or above runs, they're probably going to win the game. Yeah. You know? And because and, and, and you have the luxury, you don't have to leave. If Eric Sarantola stays in the rotation, which I guess after the performance he had – I think he would move to Sunday now, though. Um, either way, whoever's out there, mm-hmm. you don't have to just leave somebody out there and see what they can do. You have such depth now that, you know, if you want to leave San Antonio in the rotation and he walks the first two batters of the game, well, you had your shot. Go ahead. I mean, I don't know if you do it that quick, you know what I'm saying, but you do have such depth behind these guys that, I mean, you just don't feel like there's ever going to be a game get completely out of hand. Right. And and so the offense is... Yeah, I don't, I don't see a lot of... You don't ever see like there's going to be a lot of big innings against no, Mississippi State. No, I, I, look, in SEC play, will there probably be a day where there's just an outlier and, yeah. and, some, and you have a bad day and somebody hangs 10 on you or something? Yeah. Yeah, sure, that's probably But it's not happen. coming in one but inning. It ain't, and it ain't happening often if, no. if it happens more than once or twice. You look around the SEC this weekend, Arkansas took a loss, Ole Miss took a loss, LSU got the sweep, but they had to do two walk-offs in extra innings to take anything from UTSA. I think Vanderbilt lost, uh, I mean not this weekend, they lost I think last weekend. Florida lost this weekend. So State should move up in the polls. I wouldn't be surprised to see State as number two uh, behind Vandy. Could move up to number one, just depends. Um, and then going into SEC play you know, with, with LSU uh, next weekend. The biggest storyline to me right now with this Mississippi State team is – Okay, Will Bender looks like he's back. Yeah. Now what? That's frightening. You know, honestly, he looks like he should be the Friday night guy. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's mowing. He and Landon Sims are just mowing guys down every time they're at the plate. And I think, like I said, I think right now you move Sarantola to Sunday, gets him a little bit better matchups, I think. And Bedner on. Now, you know, we got to find out what, what Lamonis, because he talked about he felt like his, that Bedner's volume was right where he wants it to be. I mean, are you going to have to pull like a. And I guess we can talk about this in a minute too. Are you going to have to uh, pull a Landon Jordan esque move here, where like a guy, I don't know, Jackson Fristo, for instance, is doing his job? Yeah. Are you going to have to just say, well, he's I doing mean, his job, but Bedner, look how good he is. We got to bump somebody out. And yeah, it's it's going to be between Fristo and Sarantola. I know. Who do you bump? Though I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Glad I don't have to answer it myself. Um, somebody. I mean, the, the one I trust the most is Bedner. Well, I mean, I'm saying like. I was thinking like Bedner, Sarantola. Okay, yeah, yeah. Best Bedner for it's sure. It's Bedner for sure. So I'm definitely going to LSU and McLeod trust, Bedner Friday, Saturday, and then I'm going to piece it together Sunday. Yeah, and it's weird. I trust Fristo over Sarantola right now because because Sarantola has just been so well. Last the, right now, the game Saturday is the outlier for Sarantola. Yeah, where he would look good. You know, I mean, he had a couple hit batters, but other than that, he was pretty much in command. Um, you know, he threw made a mistake on the on the home run pitch, but that's it. I mean, if he's only going to give up one run, I can live with that. You know, at one point in time during the offseason, they were talking about, I don't know how serious it ever got, but you heard folks kicking around like, is SEC going to play like four-game weekends? Yeah. Oh, this baseball team would have been built for that, wouldn't they? Oh, my gosh. Mississippi State would have And then Brandon Smith on top of that? I mean, 
Brandon Smith, we didn't talk about him. Another great outing for him. In my opinion, he's in the mix if things ever go south for, for a weekend starter. He's got to be the probably 1A. You know, and and then, we had mentioned Houston Harding, who is a could start on SEC weekends I most saw years. An interesting, uh, it's message board post about Houston Harding that when you look at states remaining non-conference games, there's not a team that there's no Governor's Cup. They don't have any more teams that you look at and go, okay, that's probably a tournament team. One of the best teams maybe he, this week he, was yeah, Samford. With Samford. After that, you might not need him in the midweek anymore. You might be you might want to make a transition to put him on the weekends as as a as a reliever. Well, you could do that anyway. You I mean, could you start could, him well, a couple innings and on the you could. And, but what if you know you need a lefty on Friday night and he's not available? So I'm just saying, like, well, I mean, if at pitch, that point, you can go to somebody like Mikey Tepper or somebody somebody else and go Johnny Holstaff on these midweek games the way you've been doing anyway. Just take Harding out of the mix. It's possible. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I do know that Mississippi State has a lot. If the question is who's going to get you know outs, Mississippi State has a lot of answers. Yeah, and. Chris Lamona said after the game on Sunday that what you may end up seeing is a lot of, I guess, piggyback kind of starts like you saw on Sunday where Jackson Fristo goes four, Will Bedner goes four. Mm-hmm. You might see that several you know, times going forward, he said. So the question is, who's going to begin the game? <laughs> is it going to be Fristo or is it going to be Bedner? Is it going to be Saratel? I don't know, but the bottom line is all these guys are going to pitch and they're all going to get innings. And, and pretty much no matter who Mississippi State runs out there, mm-hmm. you have a chance on that given day to just shut down anybody. I was telling Robbie the other night in the press box, teams like Eastern Michigan have to come in here yeah. and see Mississippi State run out like their 10th guy to the bull. Like Parker Stinnett comes in there on Friday night. I like that guy, by And the just way. with the, the, the hair flowing and just mowing them down. I mean, the, the, the Eastern Michigan bench has to be like, that guy would be a Friday night starter yeah. with us, and he's just some random He, he would be dude the Mac that, pitcher, pitcher of the year. No question about it, he'd be the Mac pitcher of the year. He's, he gets an <laughs> inning. He gets like an inning for Mississippi State on the weekends. It, it truly is. I don't ever remember seeing a pitching staff quite like this. Now, to, to win a national title, and that's what, where you got to set the goals, you're going to have to find some more hitting. You know, the, the guys who are coming around, Hatcher and Jordan – those guys, they got to keep hitting. Logan Forsythe needs to keep hitting the way he's doing. I'm really impressed with him, though. And they're only on. You know the guy, another guy I'm impressed with? Kite McDonald. Oh, yeah. It seems like every time he comes up, he's hitting a double. Just rips a double every year. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, he, to, to what I must believe, he must be the absolute worst defensive outfielder of all time. Because <laughs> if it is bad, it's better. I mean, Compass has been hitting better, but he still struggles a bit. And Drew McGowan has been struggling at the plate. I don't know why McDonald's not getting that left field job. Braylon Skinner, we finally got to see him at the plate, and we saw the. <laughs> he was the, only supposed to bat once. He only got to bat up. twice because <laughs> they batted around. But I mean, at the same time, you saw some of the, uh, the the things that people have been talking about with him. There's a lot of exciting young players in the batting order. We just they need to, you know, some of those guys need to lock in. That, that's the one thing that concerns me is you know as you enter conference play, normally you have like one guy who's in like three eighty five, three ninety. You don't have that guy. Tanner Allen's in what, like 350 around that? Yeah, I didn't look at the total stats after Sunday's game, yeah, so but I mean, yeah, it's, it's probably. You wish you had like, like two or three guys that should be around 380, 390 because they've been playing bad teams. You don't really have that guy. So, you know, it's a, it's a concern. Well, I'll tell you what, now now you have with, uh, with Landon Jordan leaving the team, you really, I guess now, you kind of know you're just kind of going to have to live and die with who you got out there now at this point, right? Yeah. There isn't just a ton of infield depth right now, you know? Right now, the lineup is it's what just it is. What it is. Outside except, of left except in left field. field. Yeah. 
They they, but I'll tell you what, it seems to have worked out. And I hate seeing Landon Jordan go. Good player, yeah, good kid. But Landon Forsythe is re- Logan Lane. Lane. I can never keep all these up. There's, there's Landons <laughs> there's and Logans and Tanners and Allens. It's just everywhere. Uh, I wish Landon Jordan had stayed on the team, but his departure does at least make things a little yeah. easier uh, yeah. from there's, a calling out their name standpoint. Right. But Lane Forsythe has looked the part at shortstop, and Cam James looks a hundred times more comfortable at third. Yeah, so it here, worked out. Here's what I wonder, and Kellen Clark hadn't played in a couple weeks because he's going through a medical issue of some kind, and, and Lamona said that he would not play this past weekend. So right. I don't know how close he is to maybe getting back available. I wonder if, like, if you get into SEC play and, and Forsyth really struggles with the back. Look, Forsyth really only needs to hit about 240 or something like yeah, that because yeah. his gloves. You, you can handle 240 be solid with the glove at short. That, that's well, it's sort of like the opposite of third, right? Like, I want my third baseman to be able to hit. <laughs> Shortstop, if he hits, it's a bonus. I just need somebody to anchor the middle. Well, that's kind of a little bit where I'm going. Like, if you get into SEC play in somehow, some way, like if Forsyth is really struggling, and mm-hmm. I mean really struggling, like one for ten on the weekend right. for a couple weekends in a row, I wonder if you get into a situation where you go back to the what I kind of thought might be the starting infield all along. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get to a point where maybe you move Kel, uh, Cameron James back to short and Kellum Clark to third? We haven't I th- seen I much of Kellum Clark. I don't, like well, you said with saying. the injury. So. I don't know how great the left side of your infield would be at that point defensively because, I mean, but Kellum's from a batting natural. standpoint, you'd be really good. Yeah, your offense would, at that point, you'd feel like that'd be an just, improvement. Just telling your pitchers, like, look, just don't let them pull. <laughs> look at I, pull. You know what, though? Talking through that, your pitching is such where – you don't want your defense to suck because then you negate your biggest strike. Right, right. You can't give away. And that's what the State did against Tulane on Friday. That's what they did on Saturday against Kent State is they gave away runs defensively. Yeah, so I don't think I'd go that route yeah. very often. But, but Look, you go back to the College World Series year. I mean, Marshall Gilbert over there at third, he, had, he struggled at times at the plate. He had some big at-bats, but he also struggled at times. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just the nature. Jordan Westberg, you remember? Was in nineteen was I mean on a huge slump for a long period of time. So you just got to let the guy work it out. I think I think the lineup is pretty much set until they figure out a left fielder, and then just sort of see what I, I, somebody else who might get another chance in left field. And I don't know if it's a, what it is, but Pimentel has not looked lost up there this year. Mm-hmm. And he's had a couple of hits, so mm-hmm. we'll see. I don't has he played left at all? Because he's he played fir- he's played first every time. Every he's time come he's in. come in, he's gone to first. He's he's taken over for um, Hatcher. So. Yeah, but at the end of the day, man, this pitching staff is such that even if the offense never truly clicks, you're still going to have a chance to win a national championship. It is, it is that level. And uh, I, I said this to somebody the other day, but in some way, if this is the Mississippi State team that ends up winning this school's first ever national championship, in a way they'll have the pandemic to thank for it because it loaded this pin. It would have been good anyway, but it allowed – the, I mean, like Spencer Price, for instance, a guy that wouldn't be back if it wasn't for the right. pandemic stuff. I mean, he was your closer a year ago, was about untouchable, and it almost looks like now he's just a depth piece that yeah. you can run out there in a seventh inning or something. Like, yeah. It's crazy. It, it, the, it really the, is I mean, yeah. I've never seen – coming in the year, we said this may be the best Mississippi State pitching staff ever. A month in, we're, it's a, that's an accurate statement. I mean, and it's not even close. We got, we got, we got to get into At SEC this point, play. Though. You got to see, see what happens. You got to see, but right now, I mean, LSU, man, Arkansas, your first two weekends, you'll, you'll know. You've given up two runs in the last six games. Yeah, yeah. Two runs in six games. Yeah, you're that's, averaging. In the that's last not bad. Six games allowing .33 runs a game. You'll win a lot of games doing that. 
I promise you. So, All right, let's move on over to basketball. Let's talk to our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. I'll be at Welcome Home Beef later today. i got to pick up some uh, some things for this coming weekend. I, I'm having a few friends over. One of them might be – one of them's name might rhyme with Cole Jolman. Could we'll be. See. We'll just see how that big, goes. Big day. Uh, but that said – you know, obviously living here in Starkville makes it easy for me. I can just head over to Welcome Home Beef and do whatever I want, but I can also just head over to Val's Market there on Highway 12 and pick up some Welcome Home Beef products right there. Great steaks, burgers, and roasts right there for your, for the picking. And they are just picking up business all over North Mississippi. If your local grocery store does not offer Welcome Home Beef products, you need to t- ask those guys, hey, what can we do to get these in there? I want to enjoy local Mississippi beef at its finest. So... If you're not getting Welcome Home Beef at the grocery store, it's time to raise a stink and make it happen. Why don't you give Welcome Home Beef a call today, though, and see what they can do for you at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com and you'll know why. It just tastes good. Two brothers. Sorry, I lost my, I lost <laughs> my Zoned turn. out every second? Just for like one second. I was like, where am I? Uh, two brothers smoked meats over in the Cotton District. I know that place was hopping this weekend. It needs to be hopping every weekend we have uh, Mississippi State baseball at home because, man, the weather is good, and you know the food and the drinks are good at Two Brothers. So much more than just barbecue when you go to Two Brothers. You do it a disservice if you walk in there thinking, hey, this is just a barbecue restaurant. They've got a heck of a lot more to offer. 621 University Drive. Enjoy Southern Smoked Soul Food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. You all right there? I'm laughing at our good friend and host. Who's, our good friend and host is having a. Is have, he's on one tonight. He's, they they have come after him and he's firing back with I all have barrels. Dogs that have seen. <laughs> in, in fairness, in fairness though, a dog's life is about the same amount of time that the Ole Miss Omaha thing has been going on in terms of human years versus dog years. So like a dog, it's seen it. It's been alive for like you know ten years and has seen state in the College World Series three times. It's like being an Ole Miss fan who's been alive for seventy years. And only seen it once, something so, like that. So you yeah. know, it all, it's all, it all works out in the end. The math works out. <laughs> all right. Did I talk about all our sponsors? I don't think I did. No, I was. I, you, you got me off there. See, now I did it. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> we're off. We're off the rails here. Uh, no better. Whoop. No better lead in for Advantage Business Systems than that. Well. I'll tell you what about Advantage Business Systems. They make it easy. They put everything you need under one roof. You get all a great inventory of products to choose from to make your business more efficient and more profitable. You also get great customer service, the kind of customer service customer service you expect from a local business. And that's what Advantage Business Systems is. They've been helping Mississippians for nearly 50 years. They keep their money in this state. They want to help you do the exact same thing. How to figure out how to have more profits with less problems with Advantage Business Systems. Call them today at 601-392, I'm sorry, 362-9192, 601-392, I can't do anything tonight, <laughs> 601, I'll get it eventually, 601-362-9192, or visit them online at absms.com, you find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Bit of a surprise for Mississippi State men's basketball. They will head to the NIT. Uh, if you're wondering how did this come to pass, uh, it's quite simple. Enough teams basically opted out of the NIT that State was on the list to get in. Um, Duke, Louisville, Xavier, St. John, Seton Hall, all of them would have been easy NIT teams. They are instead decided not to play. Louisville has a great chance to actually get into the NCAA tournament. You all right over there? 
I choked. Did you read something else? Something else happened? Uh, anyway. Yeah, I've been reading while you've been talking, but I've been listening, too. Anyway. I can multitask. I hear you. So, Mississippi State into the NIT. They will take on St. Louis on Saturday at 4 p.m. The entire tournament is being played in Frisco, Texas. So, you know, no no in uh, no Madison Square Garden, no Big Apple for these teams. But that's what's going to be. A, it's a uh, shortened field, only a total of, I think, 16 teams. And the interesting part for State is the side of the bracket they're on. They would have to win two games, but they have a great chance to take on either Ole Miss or Western Kentucky, coached by Rick Stansberry. Who would so also have to win two games. They would also have to win two. So a lot's got to happen. There is something on on the horizon that would make for fantastic content for those of us in that particular business, if you will. I, I, I got to admit, I thought when I started, I saw I saw Louisville and Xavier were out first, and I just I didn't see that Duke said they were out, but I just made that assumption. Yeah. And so I thought there was a chance, but even then, I didn't think State was going to get in. And then right before we started recording, that the announcement was made they were going to to be in this tournament. How surprised are you that it's happening? I'm very surprised, and as I think you were, because you and I were about to record a show talking about the end of the season. Yes, we were. And now the end of the season is not here yet. Uh, I will say here what I told you. It's a surprise that they're in this event, but I think this team this year with this group that you expect basically everybody back. And I guess, heck, if Abdullah do wanted to come back, he could. Same with Jalen Johnson. I don't think they will, but they haven't said they weren't. You expect this group back in, in its totality for the most part next year. An NIT run isn't the worst thing for these guys to, to keep playing. Get a little bit of a – look, you're going to have this big event. Everybody in Frisco, Texas, it's going to feel a little postseason-ish, you know, yeah. I would think. and. I mean, it's good. It's good experience. It's good. I've been there. Experience because look, Iverson Molinar. He's never played in an NC. Yeah. He's never played in NCAA or NIT. No. Uh, DJ Stewart, I guess, was he would have been a part of that team that that played in the NCAA tournament with uh, against Liberty back a couple years ago. But he didn't play. He, he would have been redshirt that year. I think my math's right on right. that. Right. No, you're right. Uh, I mean. Tolu Smith, he's never played in a postseason right. Right. type event like that. I mean, this is something that really could be beneficial to this team because you look at next year, and we have said it a million times on this show, all the urgency that next year has. Well, if this team does make it into an NCAA tournament, well, yeah. they have a little taste of some postseason activity. To Here's why I agree with you. And if people who are old school podcast listeners remember – uh, Sansbury's last year, I was very much against that team going to the NIT. But you hit on it. This is a group that we expect everybody back. Whereas that last Stansbury team, you knew D-Boss was gone. Arnett Montreux was gone. Sydney was going to be gone. You, you had a lot of, uh, of, suspe- of sus- suspicion that Ronnie Hood was going to be gone. So it was just like, you know, what do we do? Why? Who cares? Yeah. This is, but you're right. This is like getting bowl practices for a, a, a team that, you, you know, you think about it reminds me, remember 2013? And I'm not saying the, the basketball team is going to go to number one. But 2013, they got they, they finished six and six. They got to go to a bowl. And that's where you had sort of the Dak Prescott showing out and he launched himself at the bowl games. And you all, everybody kind of thought, man, this team's going to be okay next and that, year. You watched them play and you're like, well, they could be pretty good next year. Maybe State can put together a little run here. And, and look, they could just as easily lose in the first round and, and that would be the end of the tournament. Yeah. But they could easily, they could also make a run and make it sort of interesting and, and see, where they, see where it takes them. So. 
Uh, if it's, I'm, ca- it's kind of the reverse scenario, and we'll see what happens with the women on Monday. Night right. tonight, probably, as you're listening. I mean, if, if that group gets picked, if they don't make the NCAA tournament, and I don't know if they will or won't. Right now, they are out, as a, according um, to bracketology. And, and they go to the NIT. I don't know how realistic it is. I mean, they're they're... I don't know how realistic the rumors and the rumblings are that there's going to be massive turnover within that program. Right, but they are definitely there. But there have been those rumors, and if like that team gets selected to the NIT, and if those rumors are true that there's going to be massive turnover, and that's not really the team that's even going to be back next year, mm-hmm. it's a situation where it kind of feels like I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of care about that team in the NIT. Is, is that fair to say? If... How much attention are you going to be paying? You know. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely uh, correct. So that's it. I mean, they will take it, I'm sure, and they will play. And I mean, there's at least enough talent on that team that you would think, shoot, they might could click and win an NIT. But I don't know. I I, I think the feelings there are two completely different things between the men and the women. One thing to remember, to by the way, with the men's uh, with this NIT, Ole Miss could still technically get into the NCAA tournament. They are one of the four. COVID replacement teams, if anybody opts out, which, you know, it looks like Virginia is going to be pushing it. Uh, there's a couple other teams that are going to be, you know, really tight. It's possible that Ole Miss could get into the NCAA tournament, I, and I assume they will just bump somebody in. I, I, it's going to be a little interesting. We'll just put it that way um, to see how it all pl- plays out. But right now, MSU, MSU is not going to be one of those teams in the NCAA tournament. They are in the NIT, so it should be a very uh, – it's surprising, but I, I think it, it can work out. Now, with the women – like you just said, I am on don't take the bid team because I think I, they will. They will, but I wouldn't. I don't think you'll win the game, and I think you're gonna you're gonna see. I think you'll see a team that won't be out there trying to win. Does that make sense? The same way you saw with Stansbury's last team, that team didn't care about that game. They well, just wanted to get off the court. I mean, it's got to be tough when they could really show me something from a character standpoint if they went out there and cared and won some games in the NIT. If that, if that's where they end up. I mean, look, they could – I don't know what the chances are of them getting in the NCAA tournament. Maybe that's where they end up. But if it is an NIT bid for the women, they could show me some character if they went out there and and won a little bit and, and things. Because, I mean, that this is a team that you and I, maybe it's our fault as dumb mm-hmm. podcast hosts, put national championship level – we did expectations on. And look here, I will. I will tell you that obviously we overestimated the team's talent a little bit, and I'm, I'm saying a little <laughs> bit. But this team is not this bad. They just aren't. It, From a talent perspective, this team should have been easily in the top five seeds of the NCAA tournament. But where I was going with that was, I'm sure inside the locker room before the season, they had Final Four type expectations, and come have come nowhere close to that. So if they're in an NIT or something and they're able to somehow regroup and like put a run together, yeah, uh, that would be a little but I don't impressive. Think they will. I think it's the other way. I think you'll see a team that just wants to get off the court and go its separate ways. Where, where are you? just said that they were out as of now, looking at the mm-hmm. – were they like first four first out? First four out. Okay. First four out. So, But the problem is I don't, I don't think there's any – obviously the women's tournaments are done, so there's no – Obvious. Oh, somebody opts out for COVID. There's no. So what you're saying is, if there's a rust. replacement list, they may be. They on would it. be where sort of where Ole Miss is. They would be one of the first Maybe. ones to, to get on. I there. guess we'll have some finality to all this on we'll Monday. We'll know night. about this on Monday night, which is the next time we will record. Uh, we'll look at it back at the weekend. We'll talk about the baseball uh, rankings. Those will be updated. 
Uh, we'll have, probably have some more talks about base, about basketball, especially on the women's side. And tomorrow is our first spring uh, positional breakdown. Will Rogers and the boys. Let's see what the uh, quarterback position has to give in year two of Mike Leach. Until then, for Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.